Welcome to the Insight Through Experience podcast, created for those currently going through our operator training course and for others who are interested in thinking about joining the organization in future years. In this podcast, we're going to be bringing you some highly successful operators, leaders, and training specialists who are going to be revealing their tips, tools, and some techniques to help you achieve peak levels of performance. Now, sit back, take some notes, and use these experiences as stepping stones for your personal success. This is the Insight Through Experience Podcast. Okay, our guest this week is Dr. Barbara Thompson. Dr. Thompson is one of three performance psychologists that we have in the organization, and she is currently assigned to Debt One. Debt One is the organization inside the group that is responsible for all recruiting, assessment, selection, training, and development. Barb has her hands in all of those. Uh, me and her also get to teach what we have dubbed the Peak Performance Course. It's how we start every operator training course. And it's where we teach the operators more about themselves uh, so they can start scaffolding on top of that foundation that we established during peak performance. Her value to the debt and to the group at large is immeasurable. And uh, just being around her every day just makes you a better person. So without further ado, here's the interview with Dr. Barbara Thompson on the Insight Through Experience podcast. All right, we're currently here with Dr. Barbara Thompson, um, and the intent of this podcast is going to simply tap into the mind of an expert who's been here for a few years and has some good foundational knowledge on uh, performance and what she's seen up to this point. So Barbara, if you would start us off with some of your background and what led you professionally to here. Okay, well, I'm a psychologist by training. I started off as a kind of clinically minded person, I guess. Originally, I wanted to work with kids and families, and I just quickly figured out that wasn't probably my wheelhouse. Uh, so then I started to think about uh, joining the army, actually. And that was a good fit for me and once I was in the army for about a year I had an opportunity to come to the Fort Bragg area to get into what they call operational psychology which is um, just going beyond the clinic like using everything you've learned in the clinic to apply it to other types of situations so we got to do things like assessment selection um, Sears school all kinds of fun stuff and immediately I knew that would be a good fit for me um, so yeah spent about five years in the army got out and did some contract work and when I was ready to get back kind of more embedded into a unit that's when I found this job how's the transition to the Air Force been I, I was initially a little worried about that just because my lack of knowledge about the Air Force, especially special tactics, but immediately when I got here, it was like, it just felt like home. So the last three years, how has your role as a performance psychologist evolved since you've been here? So originally when I got here, it was almost solely focused on assessment and selection. Um, 
but there was a need that wasn't being filled. It was the need was identified by a previous psychologist. Um, and for whatever reason, it wasn't being filled. So I came into this unit and they had a seat for me embedded at the debt. And I was comfortable with that because that's what I had come from. I was used to being the only psych in the room. So once I was in the environment, I just started seeing opportunities. Uh, let's talk about GTOs real quick. So when they get here at the start of the year, um, just briefly describe the peak performance model from your perspective and what the intent is for the GTOs when they walk out of that process. Well, I think there's a couple different things we're trying to do with peak performance. One, obviously, is get them finely tuned into their own personality, uh, their behavior when it comes to interacting with others, their patterns when it comes to performance, and their strengths and weaknesses. Giving them tools that we know about already, whether it's um, you know skills for mindset, skills for physical performance, nutritional performance, giving them those skills and then also telling them or helping them learn how to structure that in their life. And what we want to do with all of that is basically, yes, help them find their peak performance, but maintain it over a longer period of time. So when they can, they can recognize, Hey, I'm getting a bit burnout. How do I, you know, recover quickly and keep on going? And, you know, we don't know yet, but the best case scenario would be the operational unit receiving them, saying, man, this is, this guy's doing everything right. Um, he's managing his energy well. He's always humble, ready to learn, good at taking and receiving feedback. And he knows when he needs to take a break. And then lastly would be we don't end up with guys who um you know are just done are broken and that's why they leave if you were an operator going through it a green team operator how do you think those guys can apply at the base level what we're teaching during peak performance i think peak performance whether it's the current culture of the entire unit now or not it sets an expectation for a really healthy culture and Obviously, each person's going to apply it a little bit differently. But one thing I've seen more and more of is them being very quick to reach out for resource, resources in specific areas. And each one of them, I mean, it's different for, for each one of them. But there's just a more immediate engagement in kind of all the goodness, I would say. What I hope they feel like is our investment in them is so high <laughs> that um, you know they feel really valued and not afraid to do things that or do things differently from the way they've done them in the past if you could give one or two like overarching things for guys about to start out on OTC but what are some of the couple of things that you think they could do up front to prepare them for those failures failure is a part of success you should never expect not 
to do poorly on something. Uh, it's just not realistic. So I think number one, it's just it's just being comfortable with that idea, right? Like not going into it with this anxiety about always needing to be the best or showing these people that are outside of you, you know, proving yourself or anything like that. I think that all gets in the way eventually of your performance. So I would say just initially knowing that those things are going to happen, you're going to meet those times. And then just building in number one, the structure that's healthy for you. So energy management, right? Like nutrition, physical activity, and then, you know, those mental skills that you are deliberate about that you practice every single day. So no matter what happens that day, your touchstone is still firm. Like, you know what you're doing that day. Um, You have a purpose for that day. You're not focused on like the leaderboard kind of as you go out or go throughout the events or um, training cycles. It's all about the end game. And to get to the end that's, you know, magnificent, it's all those tiny little things that you do every day. So I would say, yeah, be prepared to struggle, but already have a plan for how you maintain your own performance every single day. And it's all the boring stuff. It's stuff that, you know, a lot of people don't want to do. Yeah, self-discipline. It's hard to stay with it, too, especially when you're not getting a lot of sleep. You, What little you are home, you're dealing, you're trying to spend as much time as your family. So the beautiful thing about OTC is you're you're on the road a lot. So your schedule is controlled by you other than training aspects. So you're not distracted at night by a lot of things. Um, I think over the years we've hired a, a much more mature, and this isn't a bag on anybody from my generation, but a much more mature force who don't seek the bars as soon as training's over and, and start <laughs> doing things to their body that is going to detract from their performance the next day. I think we've hired some really, and I would also offer it, since we've hired all, all of you experts in the POTUS staff, it drives home the fact that derailing your own success probably isn't a great idea when you're coming through something like OTC. I mean, something like peak performance, hopefully, I guess another goal of peak performance would be anticipating when you're feeling depleted or when you're feeling like you need a high or you need something outside of yourself to force that feeling of relaxation (laughs) or letting go Um, and just having a plan already for those types of feelings the feelings are going to come anyway like man I just I need to relax I need to let loose or I'm stressed or whatever the feeling is won't change but what you do about it if we talk about it beforehand hopefully we'll change a little bit what are some things that you've seen GTOs do throughout the OTCs where you've been here that was just like that guy's successful and it's because he's doing this So he's just totally open to the process, number one. He is not as affected and doesn't ruminate over what he thinks other people think about him. And then he's doing all those boring things every day. On that same note, what are some things you've seen guys do unsuccessfully that probably got in their way and tripped themselves up? Trying to be someone they're not, right? Like, they're already hired. So we saw something in them that we think, you know, has potential and for them to act 
like someone else or try to be someone else or try to impress anyone, I think those all get in the way. Uh, it also, to me, seems like it's, you said it earlier, but a uh, lack of energy management. They're probably ruminating, probably have things in their head that obviously aren't serving them better and they don't have the tools possibly in the moment to turn it off. So again, that's why I always, if I see it in guys, the first thing I do is say, you should go see some of the experts and, and work on it. Uh, that's all, often, even for cadre, right? We had psychologists back then. The last thing I ever did was say, hey, you should go see the performance psych about that. For whatever weird reason, me back in the day, I thought I could fix it, which is odd. And the guy would just get worse. Um, have you seen an increase last couple of years? And I know you don't have data from before you, but are guys coming, seeking you out, seeking Ben out? Oh, yeah. I mean, all the time. And it's, and it's even casual, which is great. So it's not like... I think even, you know, probably two years ago, it was more like secretive in nature. Hey, can we meet up? I've got something to talk about. And really, I mean, like nothing is off the table. We're all human. We're all experiencing the same types of, for the most part, you know, thoughts and experiences. And we just think they're weird because no one's talking about them, right? (laughs) So we feel alone. Um, The fact is like, no, it's all these things are common. Um, the faster you start talking about them, learning about them, the faster you're going to conquer them, honestly. So um, I, I think it's encouraging that even in the parking lot or in the hallway, people are now just casually talking about these things. Um, and it's becoming part of the culture just to be more open. And that's what we want because it gets us right to better performance. Absolutely. It is so much more open. It's so refreshing to see from a guy who's been here for a very long time of how open and even from cadre, even from operators that have been here forever, just I see them seeking assistance all the time. I don't even call it help, just seeking some different knowledge. It's amazing. Yeah. We'll switch topics to selection real quick. Just a few questions I think that are, I think you could really add some value to those about to embark on coming to selection or thinking about it. Uh, what are some of the things over the last, you've seen five or six of them now, what are some things that you think from a performance site perspective guys should be doing before they show up for the process? Uh, that's a really good question. I think obviously most guys focus on physical preparation. And I say most because not all of them. <laughs> so true. So, I think it, I do still think it's really important that they focus on physical preparation because I think it's one of the foundations for building mental preparation. When you are pushing yourself beyond where you're used to going, that's going to elicit some thoughts, probably negative thoughts, that you're not used to. So that alone is good practice. And that's why I still like for guys to, um, even though this is not why we're going to hire you, right? Because you can run fast. But when you push yourself physically, it's just an easy way to practice those mental skills as well. um, That in any difficult time are going to help you. From, I think we've already hit the authenticity piece. Why is that important selection though? It kind of indicates that you're not comfortable with yourself and uh, we need you to kind of already be past that point 
if we're gonna just hit the ground running yeah and it's like i love how what you just said there so if we get the feeling that you're not comfortable with yourself how can we predict that you're going to be comfortable in situations we put you in oh we have no idea yeah when the the, yeah the, the country or the nation's on the line wild card yeah. And just so everybody out there is listening, we don't invest in a lot of wild cards. Um, so I think what the doc's saying here is really important of just come up and be yourself and let things shake out the way they need to. Well, we already hit on this as well, but knowing, really knowing why you're coming. What does that do for folks? It is like a laser focus on your performance here and you can tell when things get hard when people maybe don't know how they're doing if they're doing well or especially when they think they're not doing well the people who have that solid foundation don't quit and I don't mean just like I mean obviously most people don't say I quit you know Mm -hmm. I'm done take me out but we can see from the other side like man he's he's just surviving i think it is also worth noting that a lot of folks everybody has the pipeline environment in mind when they come up at least some do and a lot of guys will show up and during their first interview or whatever they'll say whatever happens i'm not going to quit and so now on day one in our introduction we kind of lead with man not quitting is not enough right like that's the foundation we expect you not to quit we expect you to thrive in the environments that we're going to put you in. That's really the foundation of the selection piece. So um, I like what you're saying there. Anything else? What else can a guy do before he comes up? I like everything that you've touched on so far. I think it's enlightening for folks, actually, who think it's some secretive process. Really, it's not. No. I think the last thing, um, I mean, mentally, we could go over tons of mental skills that would help you. But I think we've outlined some of those on the website. We've given resources for you. But um, the one other thing I would say just mentally to practice, and you can do this in your everyday life, is that problem-solving mentality. So no matter what happens to you, not making assumptions about the next thing that's going to happen or the cascade of things that are now, you know, you're destined for because of this one thing. So instead of getting those automatic thoughts about like, oh, now this is going to happen or now I'm going to feel like this. It's like you have so many more opportunities. How do you do that when you are mentally? Well, it goes back to first, let's tie that back into being physically ready to come. Because if you're not, your bandwidth is reduced significantly as you are just trying to survive physically. So with that aside though, a guy who's physically prepped, but Mm -hmm. maybe sitting at a point ruminating before his next event, what are Mm -hmm. their options there? Yep, I would just say, remember that pain is the greatest distractor. So whether that's physical pain, you know, mental pain, emotional pain, or like a performance pain, you know, you don't feel like you're doing well. That's, it's just a distraction, that's all it is. So you have to find a way, in your own way, to recognize the distraction first. The faster you do, the quicker you can get past it. What are some of the things that you've seen trip guys up the most? And I think you probably covered some of these, but what are some of the specifics that you see every time that I see this tendency, it leads down a wrong road? Honestly, like it, it kind of goes back to the being authentic thing. I think I've seen some 
folks maybe on the officer side or maybe longer in the tooth come in and they already have leadership skills and we're already seeing those subtly but they feel like they really need to make them known and so then they're you know kind of troop leading like let's go men or you know just something that's they wouldn't normally do but they really want us to see that leadership potential in them and so i would just encourage people that like I guess this doesn't sound encouraging to say we're watching all the time, but, you know, we're, our process is set up in a way that we're going to get that subtle information. You don't have to blast it out, you know. Just so people know out there that that are thinking about it, what our whole process does is we're just going to put you in a bunch of environments and we're going to test you. We're going to grade you on those, in those environments, and then we're going to assess your risk and potential if we hire you. Does your potential for us outweigh the risk that you bring with you? Uh, and it's a it's simple calculus at the end of it. So that's why we're just trying to give you a few tips and a few mindset items um, to prepare yourself before you come up so you can start off at an advantage and not trip yourself up. Last thing on selection, I would just offer out there, and I'd like you to comment on it too, but the mindset as you're going through, I've seen guys, young guys come through who found a lot of success and they didn't do very well at a lot of events but I would often talk to them or ask them questions after the event and they were in hog heaven they were having (laughs) the best time of their life and they kept finding more success because they weren't like you said they weren't starting to ruminate on it and I will give you one example and I'll probably edit his name out but when he came through Mm. I saw him after the PJ Tower event and I didn't talk to the cadre first I just talked to him I said how'd you do He's like, that was the best event I've ever been a part of in my life. And he was excited. He was breathing hard, but from excitement, not because of he was tired. And he was running back over to his point where he had to wait at. And I'm like, man, he must have crushed it. So I go over and talk to the evaluators. He's like, man, how did that do? They're like, he was horrible. (laughs) He's one of the worst we've seen yet. But if you watch the rest of the time, man, he just fed off his own positivity. So what's your opinion? Like, what's some science behind that? So this is, this is one of the things we try to teach people during peak performances is just how you perceive situations, right? Like he could have, if he was in a threat mindset, like I got to prove myself type of mindset, then he would have been pretty down after that. Um, But he was in a challenge mindset. So any kind of hard situation you see it as a challenge rather than a threat and that can make all the difference i mean if you're excited about being in a place where people are gonna challenge you and put you in some hard situations then this is a good place for you to be all right last uh let's talk about spouses real quick and and the challenges of otc on families especially this year for those who don't know we reduced the schedule from 10 months down to seven months Um, We have reduced a lot of the white space in between the trips. So in your experience since you've been here, what are some of those challenges and and tips for spouses that we can talk about today to to help out? Well, the first challenge is probably that they don't know what they're really getting into until they get here and get the schedule. The challenge for the spouse, I mean, many of them have 
kind of done the long distance relationship or they've been through deployment experiences before but so they they have some skills about how they operate when their spouse is gone but um, communication is probably the most important thing so how do you make that happen on a regular basis you plan for it so it's again it's those boring things like hey when when you're gone how often do we need to talk even even if we don't feel like it right like she's taking care of everything back at home he's totally focused and under a lot of stress training um but what's normal for us and everybody's normal is going to look different but i would say it is imperative you can't have a relationship without communication can't have a relationship without intimacy so um, even when you don't feel like sharing, cause sharing takes energy, have a plan and share. Even when you don't feel like it, I would say are some so good things. How can you prep the spouses? Um, you know, seven months is a long time. The guys are gonna, they're going to get wore down. There's no doubt about it. Everybody in OTC does. What does that look like when they come home from a trip and they walk through the door? What, what can the, the spouses expect? Totally person dependent some guys are going to be you know um not have anything left for home or it seems like they don't have anything left for home doesn't mean they don't care um doesn't mean they care less doesn't mean they value job over family although these are some of the assumptions i think that go through your head as a military spouse um and then some guys are just so ready to get home that they get home and they're totally plugged in I think just don't judge your relationship by another person's relationship. Only focus on the one you're in. Just so the audience knows, if you don't know, Barb is also a military spouse to a Green Beret officer. So she, if it sounds like she knows what she's talking about, it's not just because she's a doctor of psychology. She also lives it every day. Your husband's gone a lot too, right? Like you He's deal gone with a lot. lot. I mean, it's like anybody else. He's TDY, but... We had a few years, the last few years. He was deployed every year, so. What can the spouses expect from the organization when they come here? Because I'm thinking about what you guys do up at University of Duke or North Carolina. Like, what are some of those things that they're going to um, have available to them here that they may not have experienced anywhere else? Yeah, so we have a peer network coordinator who works specifically with spouses to create events outside of the unit for wives and for kids and families. Um, so I would say plug into that. A lot of people I think are resistant to it just because it seems like it's going to be more effort, but, um, you know, that human connection is, it's kind of priceless. Even if you only find it in one other person getting to connected to some other spouse that's going through the same thing can be really helpful. I think it's important to also let the spouses know that everything we do here is for the health of your husband and for your family. Because again, if the family isn't healthy, we're not going to be effective as an organization. And that's why I love this place because they understood that years ago and it has just been continuing to build. And as I travel around, I don't see usually for a lack of resources too we are very well resourced here so spouses need to understand that as well our resources aren't spread across the country our resources are all contained right here in one location 
Um, and I would just offer the spouses another beautiful thing about the organization that hopefully they can take advantage of is just the stability of being here for a while. Mm -hmm. Like most of our operators get a lot of time on station here. And so just having kids that can go to the same primary care doctor for 10 years mm -hmm. where they absolutely know their family and understand their, what they're dealing with is invaluable. Um, so I think that's a huge benefit to the organization as well. Any closing comments, Dr. Thompson? I don't think so. Covered a lot. We did. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us. That's the podcast for this week. I'll give a shout out to Doc Thompson as she is sitting very pregnant at the moment, getting ready to have a little boy named Nate. I think she enjoys being pregnant, so she's hanging on as long as possible. But obviously, we're all wishing her the best and for Nate's arrival into the world. All right, that's it for this week. Insight through experience. We'll be back next Saturday with a, another podcast. Thanks for joining.